0: Welcome to the 29th of June episode of Henry Real Podcast Show. Yes, I know you keep on telling me. Why don't you do Thursday? Thursday I was kind of preoccupied with some business. None of your business. In other words, that's me saying I'm being lazy. But nevertheless, I am here once again as you turn off your brain, relax for a minute, and listen to the wonderful sounds of the most critically acclaimed, most popular podcast ever in my own mind, coming to you live via satellite, via digital download from my home. This is the Henry O. Podcast Show. And today we have a special show for you today. But before we get started, we're going to pay our bills. Yes, that thing called bill never leaves us alone. I would like to thank Podbean.com. Yes, Podbean.com, which brings this show to life. To listen to all of you. of you out there yes even you back there the wonderful evervescent show known as me now with that we have a very special interview today the interview I've been postponing forever and ever and ever to make you build up that desire that want that need to want to hear this yes we are gonna introduce a young lady who has musical talents who's intelligent who's just like you and me, one of the locals, her name is uh, Amani Nia Walker, my dear, dear sweet cousin, I know, I'm not playing favorites, I have other people here on the show too, so come on, don't get butthurt, hurt. Any in interim folks, with that, before I go any further, I'd like to say thank you to all the listeners, last week, all five of you, damn you to hell, that tuned in to my show, because that told me I need to change up things, so I'm going to change things up a little bit. I'm going to try to entertain you more, to try to make this voice that's not your cup of tea a little bit better. And with that, folks, we're going to take a slight pause. I'm going to bring in this young lady, this guest of mine, this person you will grow to love, no pun intended. Bring it on, people. Bring it in. This young lady, her name is Amani. And let's get this interview going. Now, like I said before, I have my guest here. This is Amani, Nia Walker. I call her Amani because that's just the way she is. And like I said, I promised the interview. And finally, we have her. She took time on her busy schedule to come talk to me. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, no problem. She has a very interesting story. And we hope uh, as this goes on, you know, you guys definitely enjoy it. So, Nia, tell me about you. Who is Nia Walker?
1: Um, well... You know, on paper, 5'2", uh, female, African-American, you know, all that jazz. Um, 24, college student that struggle life, you know. Um, I can say, mm-hmm. I guess um, you can call me an artist and a businesswoman. Uh, I don't know, like, what word you would put that together well I'm multiple things I can uh, a lot of people like to call me a chameleon because like I can um, I can adjust to any situation that I'm in and make it work to to the best of my ability that that's one thing I'm grateful for actually because some people get put in certain situations and they crumble so I'm glad that I can stand strong in any type of situation
0: and how would your friends how would your friends describe you
1: um my friends like me well technically i have one friend that's like not blood related to me he he thinks i'm pretty cool so <laughs> um i don't know people describe me as a good person oh we were talking the other day right and i was like yeah i was joking around i was like yeah uh I was like, because I want to go out to a club or something and, and twerk or something. And he was like, what? You twerk? And I was like, he's like, I can't see you doing that. And I was like, why would you say that? He was like, it's like Michelle Obama twerking. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, and I never I never knew like that's how people looked at me. Like, when I go home and, like, I visit family and stuff like that, they tell me how proud they are of me and, like, Oh, i know you're gonna make it i know you're gonna do something like great and it's funny because like other people like say this stuff and you just like when you're in i guess i don't know you don't see yourself how other people see you i always ask other people like do you ever wish that you were like another person for another day so you can see yourself Mm -hmm. through somebody else so yeah so everybody sees me in a in that way and i'm like i never that's not <laughs> i wouldn't mm-hmm. say michelle obama like that was the, the comparison i don't know like it's funny how other people portray you and how you right you know compared to how you feel about yourself i guess no, that yeah. makes sense yeah
0: now we're gonna backtrack a little bit now, okay. growing up you know we grew up in chicago
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know your father and your sister and those of you who know Nia knows her style those of you who don't know Nia knows she's a very eccentric young lady she has her own style she has she goes to beat her own drum now growing up you had your sister how tight were you and your sister
1: oh me and my siblings are a one tight that's probably why I don't have any friends outside of blood relation because I have so many siblings and um people outside of us are so amazed how close we are because actually i was just on the phone with them for like three hours yesterday we had a conference call that was fun but like um when people like see us together like we get together and we went out actually like for my 21st birthday and we were all together and um we were just laughing and we hadn't even really been Drinking or anything like that. Well, it was my twenty-first birthday, so I was, but everybody else was pretty much sober. And that waitress kept asking, like, if we were all intoxicated because, like, we were having so much fun. Right. So, like, but me and Sintia are a little closer because we grew up in the same household. Like, so wherever she went, I went. You know, right. when we were moved around, we moved around together. So, we're we're pretty tight. You know, like. She's in Oklahoma right now, and I I, I texted her two nights ago. I was like, hey, can you order me a pizza? And she did. <laughs> so, like, you know, this is, I'm I'm grateful of how close we are, you know. Like, it's to, to a point where, like, if I don't call them or if I, T, Santita specifically, like, if she hasn't talked to me in, like, a couple of weeks, she mm-hmm. will call me. And if I don't answer, she will keep calling me, like blowing me up like like a crazy lover or something like, Yeah, so why you ain't answering my phone calls? Like what? <laughs>
0: it's
1: funny. It's funny though. Like I, I appreciate it.
0: So that's one of the main things you mentioned. You mentioned grateful, you know. And you know, coming from our family, we are grateful for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And as you heard in the beginning of the show, we heard one of your songs. And so I would assume one of your passions is singing. Yes. So we're gonna, we're gonna stretch that out a little bit. Okay. You know, tell me about your passion for singing and we'll go on to your other passions you have.
1: Okay. Um, I've been singing since I was a little girl. Um, uh, first song I ever remember like singing was you can ring my band. Mm-hmm. And I was like six years old. And I remember this because um, I was in my caseworker's car, and she was driving us to to go visit with my dad. And she kind of, like, turned around and was like, what you know? I think it was on a Taco Bell commercial back then. And she was like, what you know about this song, one? And then it was two. She was like, you got a little voice on you, you know? And, like, I never really kind of. Like, I don't know. I didn't know back then because you know you're so young, so you just, you know. But um, my grandmother got wind of it, and we got started going to church with her. And she's like, Okay, you're gonna sit up here in this choir with me. And I'm like, Okay. I used to sit both services with her and sit in the choir and, you know, do all that. And um, I got to sit. like the deal was because I never wanted to sit and sing in the choir so um it was the guy who played the organ at my grandma's church he would let me sit at the organ like after we finished singing that was like my bribe like every sunday so but um as i got older i grew to love it but when i was younger i didn't like it because like um It's a lot of stuff that comes with singing like you gotta know how to breathe. You gotta know like where to start and where to range and stuff like that And when I was younger because I'm a soprano So I would always start off like really high and my dad would be like, hey, like that's nice and all, you know but sometimes you just gotta bring it lower and Like know breathe and stuff. So it was just like the criticism I didn't like but I like to sing still Well, I I love it. I love to hear myself, but I don't, I like to hear myself out loud, like in person, Mm -hmm. but as far as like, um, recording. I'm like, eh. so like when people hear me sing, they're like, "Oh, you should get in the studio." And I'm like, "I don't like how I sound." And my dad always constantly reminds me. He's like, "Lionel Richie didn't like how he sounded," and he's freaking Lionel Richie, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: but well, most most artists don't like to hear their you know, most yeah. artists don't like to hear their voice. I don't think I don't like to hear mm-hmm. my voice. That's I think that pretty much goes for everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, a lot of people don't know, is that the older you got, the more you dabbled into singing. Mm-hmm. Now, where have you gone with your singing?
1: Um, I've done a few talent shows. Actually, when I moved here the first time in sixth grade, um, Auntie put me in the performing arts program at Gardendale. So I got to do, um, I actually got casted as uh, Gabriella in the high school musical play that we oh. did. and. Um, And I was so mad because I wanted to sing a Alicia Keys song. You know, I didn't even really think how big that was, though. That was like a lead role in a play. I was like, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do Alicia Keys. I'm stubborn. But um, and as I got older, like I do karaoke and stuff now. But like when I was really younger, I used to do like talent shows. Um, Dad, uh, he works with the After School Matters program. Uh, They have a sports program and they have a music program. My dad Mm -hmm. works with the music one and um, I worked with uh, I got to go and sit in with him and Mr. Sandifer, and like listen to all these other talented kids and like they did a showcase and stuff like that and I would go and practice with them and all of that and do stuff like that. Um, I got invited to actually perform at Heidi's in Cocoa Beach
0: Oh okay I know that. Yeah
1: but I'm kind of nervous you know cause um, I'm not used to uh, performing with live music so that's one thing i want to hone like my dad's really good at that and i i want to ask him for help but he's like he's my dad is my biggest critic which i can appreciate but sometimes it's just like frustrating because he's my dad so i'm expecting him to be like oh that's my baby but he's like no this is if this is what you want to do i'm gonna make sure that you do it the right way exactly so but um um, I'm mostly, as far as singing now, I try to, um, do a couple of covers here and there, but, um, I've gotten into more writing my own songs to sing, mm-hmm. to get more comfortable because nobody can tell me how to sing my own song.
0: Of course. And of course, you mentioned writing your own songs. So How many songs have you written so far to this day?
1: Uh, ooh, I don't think I've counted. I have so many notebooks. Um, Dad has so many composition books that I've just had in high school that I just piled up. You know? So it's just... um, I know it's one song specifically that I'm going to record that I I wrote it for my sister and her husband when they got Mm -hmm. married. So I wrote that for them and I sang it for them at their wedding. And she was like, my wedding present from you is gonna be that recorded song, that finished song, so. But I've I've written a lot of songs over like the times. Like, especially like sitting down with my dad, sometimes he's like, yeah, I check this out, mm-hmm. you know? And before I know it, you know. You're singing I, it. Uh-huh.
0: What's your biggest inspiration, you know, when you do your music? what What kind of artists that you look at and go, you know, he or she kind of, you know, is helping me on that path. You know, I, I can sit there and I can write, when I write my music, I think about this artist. Or, or do you have that, you know, person, you know, you know that's always on your mind as you write?
1: No, I don't. Like most people are like, oh, this person is my idol and that person is my idol. I try to, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, I don't want to sound like somebody else. I want to sound like me. I want to be original. I want to get my point across and I want to make people listen,
0: Mm.
1: you know, like, and I do appreciate, and yes, there are many, you know, goats out here that you can appreciate, but I try, but they're, they are who they are because like, yes, they, they acknowledge people that they like, that kind of inspired them, but okay. Okay how do I put this? There's nobody that I specifically go to when it comes to my writing, Mm -hmm. but I do have a few artists that I do appreciate. Like, I love Nina Simone. I love, like, the way she makes you feel like with her music. It's not more about, like, she does have this powerful voice, but she uses that voice and the words that she uses Mm. to, like, make you feel some type of way. So it's like, the mood that you're creating when you're making the music—that's like my most inspiration. Like okay. so, when I sit down and I have my notebook and I'm listening to something, I'm like, "Oh, this makes me feel this way," and I want to portray it, and I want this to make everyone else feel how I feel.
0: I understand. Yeah. So cool. Now, see, that's good. You know, because you're going on your own path. Right. Cause that's the best part about it. Now, we're going to jump back and forth a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to spring some on you.
1: Okay. <laughs> Tell me
0: about America's Got Talent.
1: Um, okay. So I got there. We stood in line for hours. My sister, I talked to her on the phone. She hiked me up. I got my number. And I got scared. I'm not going to lie. I did. I got scared because I also I had to work that night, and I was like, Man, if I don't make it, you know, like if I get through this to this audition and I choke, like I could like possibly be putting myself in a position to where, you know, you know, I I've hmm, I try to think I love to sing, I do, but I try to make a a, a realistic type of thing like. I don't know how to explain it like when I was younger it was always like I seen that like my dad he did music and you know like but he worked too you know like sometimes I always have like a plan B so like I got kind of nervous cuz I'm like what am I doing so that's I wasn't ready
0: that that self doubt came down. yeah
1: at the like right at the end and everybody was like why did you not go <laughs> and I was just like I and if I wasn't ready then
0: it wasn't gonna happen
1: right you know and I was like you know what I I wanna that's why like I'm doing like karaoke now trying to do like little gigs and stuff and go like when we went to Chicago we did karaoke like mm-hmm. just to get a feel of of like different crowds and different people and you know just to get comfortable because I hadn't I wasn't comfortable right you know at all <laughs>
0: now, with your singing of course we're still going to go back to that what are what are your other passions what are your other passions that you'd like to do you know because I know you like to sing I know you like to write I know you want to carve your own path you know and make a name for yourself what other things are you passionate about what other things that you throw your heart into
1: um, I know that I want to eventually work for myself one day. I know that I do not want to work for somebody else for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and have someone else's name be on my paycheck and this, you know. Cause so that's a big thing. And that what is what kind of sometimes puts singing and writing to a hope because it's more like um sometimes that doesn't feel real Mm. sometimes and you're like okay you just got to find a balance to it but like I know that I don't want to work for anybody like the rest of my life and I know I want to own something I know that like I'm passionate about having a, a concrete life I want to eventually have children and I don't want them to live the life that I lived so like that's a big passion of mine
0: now define the life that you live
1: um when me and my siblings were younger we were put in the in foster care and we bounced around some of us got adopted and some of us bounced around and um Even though it was a learning experience, I'd like to say that I had a lot of mother figures, which is something that a lot of young women don't have, but I didn't have, like, that one, you know?
0: Right.
1: And I I don't want my children to have to go through that. I know what it feels like to, like, I feel like I had to grow up too fast, even though now it's kind of benefiting me, Mm -hmm. because, like when I speak to a lot of people, they're like, man, you do, you do not sound like another 24-year-old that, that I talk to, you know. Um, I just, I I want to teach them the things that I learned, but I don't want them to have to, you know, like right. I had to grow up. Like, I will teach them, but they will still live comfortably.
0: You will still want them to have their childhood.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. I want them to experience stuff like I still haven't seen Bambi. <laughs> and, like, it's just little stuff where people are like, what? You never did that? Like, um, I've never been to Disney World or I've never, like, I don't know. It's just little things that I feel like I'm missed out on because, like, I had to do other stuff. Like... I got to go to prom, thankfully, but while other kids got to go home from school and chill out, and you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. I had to leave school and go to work. Like, I had to work. Like, some kids, they left school and worked because they wanted to work, because they wanted to buy a car, or they wanted to, like, Mm -hmm. I had to leave school and work because I had to get everything that I needed as far as clothes, shoes, personals, you know, you know. I, I don't want them to have to deal with that, like... As far as okay we had to take care of stuff that we shouldn't have to take care of at a certain age Mm -hmm. like I shouldn't have to buy my own personal items and like soap and deodorant and stuff like that that should already be provided to me to until a certain age you know Mm -hmm. And no, I don't expect Jordans or nothing like that. Of course, if I want that, I'll have to raise my own money and buy stuff like that. But as far as like school clothes and school supplies and stuff like that, like, no, shouldn't have to. Those are worries that you, that a, a child shouldn't have, shouldn't have to have.
0: Correct. You know, because you're a child and right. that should not been provided for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about your look going to school. You had a certain unique look about you. Yeah. You know, that you owned.
1: <laughs> so
0: tell me about your look.
1: Um, when I got to high school, I was pretty much, um, I was like babysitting and doing like little side hustles and stuff. So um, everything that I got done, or I got to buy my own clothes, I paid my own cell phone bill, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So basically, my style was my own. And, like, from first to eighth grade, I was not the most popular kid. So I decided, like, going into high school, I'm going to own it. Like, I'm going to be me. And if that was, if I had to wear two belts and two shirts and dye my hair, I, freshman year, I cut all my hair off and I dyed it burnt orange. <laughs> <laughs> that was, um, I think that was the first, like, edgy color that I ever had because at first I used to just go with like a safe maroon red and like I would never cut my hair shorter than like a certain length but um, yeah so I got and I freshman year converse was like my thing that was my style and I just I owned it you know I pierced my ears I (laughs) I it's just I was like it's not what you wear; it's how you wear it. Right. And I just figured, hey, I want to be different.
0: Now, how was the perception of Nia? You know, as you, you know, but, you know, came to your own at such a young age, and took responsibility for yourself, took responsibility for your look, your personality. Uh, I know, you know, certain people saw you a certain way. Mm-hmm. Now, how did they handle that? Versus, you know. You just being you.
1: Yeah. I still got, uh, you know, bullied a little bit. But it was the attitude that I took on with the look Mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, uh, that kind of got me, like, stable. Like, I was strong with it. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know I'm different. Yeah, you might think I'm weird, but I like it. That was the attitude that was different from when I was younger. So, like, if somebody had a problem with it, like, this one girl, she was like, yeah. Because I used to wear Converse with, like, knee-high socks over my khaki pants with my suspenders And there. This girl was like, she made something, some comment about a ball head soccer player or something and how she would beat me up or whatever. And I was like, do it. Like, I dare you to come over here mm-hmm. and just like, all you got to do, all that stuff you're talking back there is fine, but once you come to me and step to my face, that's where, that's where the issue is. Yep. But she stayed back there. She didn't, you know. So, like, that was it. Just as long, that was my that was my motto like once i got into high school i'm like i don't care what nobody say. i'm gonna be me i'm gonna do me and as long as though nobody comes step up to me and touch me because like once you touch me that's your ass mr postman that's you you know that was it so like that was the type of attitude that i that i took and i i stuck with it because it was the confidence that i had because people used to always be like oh you were just the cutest thing but I didn't believe it back then you know so like but then once i got that attitude and that confidence it was like can't hmm, anybody tell me nothing
0: and see the reason why i asked that is because you, you take you take all your troubles all your trials and tribulations all the cliche stuff like that mm-hmm. as you're young and it helps mold you and develop you into into until the person you are today and that plays into your music yeah and that plays into your creativity yeah and that plays into your passion so, I definitely had to bring that up you know, yeah. to really find out, you know, what what was a catalyst, you know, for you to love in music.
1: Yeah. Um, I, my dad put that love of music in me. Like, <laughs> I was on the phone with my best friend last night. and He didn't know who Nat King Cole was. He didn't know who Nina Simone was. I was like, how are we friends?
0: How are we friends?
1: And, um... I was like, at least we know that our connection, you know how some people are just connected through music because they listen through, to the same music. I was mm-hmm. like, that's how you know that our bond is actually genuine because we're open to each other's ideas. Like, we don't listen because some of the stuff he listens to, I just be like, I don't really too much care, but, like, anything he suggests, I will listen to it. and i mm-hmm. let him know, like, ah, it was all right, you know. Right. But uh, I was telling him last night, my dad... And Auntie, when we moved here, controlled pretty much of, like, everything that we, uh, our intake of anything media as far as TV, music, or anything like that. So it was, like, my dad, we listened to the Tom Joyner Morning Show every morning. Like, I I love Tom Joyner. It's, like, my bucket list to, like, meet him. He's, like, one of my favorite people. And um, it was just, my dad had us listen to anything from, you know, the Temptations and Diana Ross to Tupac and Biggie. You know, it was no, like, oh, this one box. My dad always made sure that we were uh, musically diverse. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, now I'm more musically diverse than him because he does not like country music. But I like country music. (laughs) (laughs) But um, he always taught us that like because it's always something that you can find in something that most people don't listen to like I listen to anything like from classical to like I said, like
0: hip hop. Right. To. to
1: yeah. Yeah. I prefer pop music though and mm. like older music like Nina Simone and like the Temptations and stuff like that because it's it was music with a message. I prefer music with a message. If I don't want to sound old, but sometimes, like, okay, some of this music is good to dance to, but mm. some of the stuff, I believe that, like, what you listen to what you watch and that's, like, feeding your spirit what you feed your body. Right. So, some of this stuff that people listen to, like, all the time, is just, like, okay, that's what you're listening to, that's what you're perceiving, so, like, that's what you're feeding yourself, so that's, like, what you think, that's how you feel. Right. So... I always try to balance it out, you know.
0: Let's see, that's good. Now, of course, you mentioned your main goal is to, to work for yourself and have nobody sign your paycheck except for you. Now, do you see yourself getting further into music, or is that just something like a little labor of love that you're just going to keep on doing?
1: Uh, see, I don't know. Like, I'm at that point in my life right now. Uh, whereas I feel like it's now or never. Like, I was talking to Auntie the other day. Like I just, she was like, no, because she was like, you're at a point in your life where you're in a position to where you can actually figure out what you want to do and where you want to go. Because up until now, I've been like, okay, well, I got to work because I got to pay this. I got to do that. I got to go there. I got to do this. She's like, you're actually in a point in your life in a situation to where you don't have to do that. She's like, if you don't want to work, you don't have to, you know. I was like, until you know, I'm not going to sit over here and not work because I want my own money. She was like, which I understand that and I appreciate that. And I was like, tell her, I'm like, and I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable being here, not working or doing anything. And like, what if something happened and Mm -hmm. you're in a situation where you need help and I'm just here and I can't help, you know. Like it just, she's like, I'm always gonna be good regardless. But I'm like, it's just, it's the principle, you know. Exactly. But she was like, and I'm trying to get you to understand that you have an advantage now that you didn't have before. And I was telling her, I'm like, I don't know what to do because I've never been in this position before. Right. So, so like, I love music. I do. But I just... Sometimes I don't feel like it's practical. Because uh, nowadays, everybody wants to be a musician. Everybody wants to be an artist. This is the world and the time where everybody is expressing their self. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what it is about me that would make me different from anybody else. You know? So, I just feel like I should go about it a practical way i don't know how to explain it
0: no i i understand it It just said you know just like a podcast Mm -hmm. for example everybody's doing
1: one
0: -hmm. you know just like music everybody's doing music Mm -hmm. everybody's doing mma everybody feels like you know okay everybody's doing it so what's what am i going to do that's going to make me stand out
1: exactly you
0: know, you know and, and most people, you know, have to have to have a different mentality now, mm-hmm. you know, because, yes, a million, a million people are doing music, mm-hmm. but you're doing your music. Right. It's not everybody else's music, it's your music. Right. You know, and you have the opportunity to chase it you know, because, you know, just as a PSA, folks, we don't rely on what ifs. Yeah. Because if we rely on what ifs, we're not going to do anything. If it doesn't scare you, Mm -hmm. then it's not a challenge. Yeah, it's not fun. You know, I mean, Mm. you know, you. The reason why I brought you for the interview is because your story is unique. You know, not that we're family, but your story is unique. You know, and and your story has taught people that hey, no matter what you've been through, Mm -hmm. you know, you still can make something of it, and, and you can still choose to go on about it. Yes. You know, even if you know even if you kind of lay on that what if thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can still bypass that you can still sing yes. you still have the talent you know but enough about me uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, what would you tell if i mean if you can see yourself
1: mm-hmm.
0: like 15 years ago what would you tell that young Mia?
1: oh i would definitely tell myself that i could go to college for free <laughs> and I should definitely do it. Um, I would definitely tell myself to be more confident. I would tell myself that I'm going to be okay. Like, this is not the it for you. Mm-hmm. This is not the end. You're not going to be everything that everybody said that you would be. You're not, like, you, and you're not your parents, and you're not going to turn into your parents. Like, that was a big fear of mine I'm like I don't want to be like my parents but then as I got older and became an, uh, an adult, adult and actually understood them like because I'm an adult and he, mm-hmm. they're an adult so it's like uh, that was like a big fear of mine And technically I'm already my parents because <laughs> they had me mm-hmm. so uh, but I would definitely tell myself that like this is not it like it's not over and just don't I would definitely tell myself not to give up. in a times, it has been times where I have I have gave up, you know, and then came back afterwards, mm-hmm. you know. Like I would tell myself, like, no, just keep going. Like, don't waste that time, you know. But
0: yeah, it, it, you know, uh, like I tell most people, it'll it's okay to have those self-doubting moments. Yeah. But just let them be just that. Yeah. Let them be moments. Moments. Yeah, have that be... moment, and get past it. Right. Now, uh, this is a part of the show where I give you the floor.
1: Okay.
0: I give you the floor and you can say whatever you want to say, unfiltered, uncensored, unedited, anything that's on your mind. You can say whatever you want.
1: No pressure. None, none whatsoever. (laughs) None whatsoever. Okay, well, you know,
0: like, you know, I mean, you know, since you gave me that face and people can't see the face,
1: (laughs) I was. not know this (laughs) face that you guys are talking about.
0: I'll I'll ask you one last question.
1: Okay.
0: What advice would you give to someone that you know that's a young girl or a young boy you know that wants to express themselves in music and have and has those self-doubting moments so what would you tell them?
1: I would tell them to just be them and learn to love what you're doing like learn to love your own art don't Mm. don't be your biggest critic because that is like the worst thing because you criticizing your own work compared to somebody else criticizing it might not be as bad so like um, one you're your own worst enemy and your own worst critic Mm -hmm. so if you're gonna do it do it Put it out there and let it go. Like, what's what's gonna happen? You know, it's it's out there now. The worst thing that can happen is nobody listens to it. Okay, but you did it though. Yep. So and it, it, and everybody's always somebody is always gonna have something bad to say. So like. Just because you get that one... uh ah, well, you know what I'm saying. I didn't really like... It. Everybody's not going to like it. Everybody, just like everybody doesn't like cheese. Everybody doesn't like beef. And, you know, mm. it's the same. It, that's just that's the same concept. Everybody's not going to like it. But focus on the people that do. Because right. they are actually appreciated, appreciating it. And so, like, if you kind of, like, shade them off because... You got some Debbie Downers there, you know. Because nine times out of ten, you got more people who like it than who dislike it.
0: Right.
1: And even if you do have more people who dislike it than who like it, still appreciate the people who, who like it anyway, you know.
0: Yeah, because no matter what, it's still attention.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, even if it's bad attention, it's still, uh, still attention. It's still
1: attention, definitely.
0: Now, um, how can people contact you? Facebook, Instagram. What do you What do you have if you want to put it out there for people oh, to listen uh, to you, people to, you know to see you, people to see your work, you know?
1: Um, I have an Instagram. My Instagram is who gave Nia that smile. I know, right? Um, actually, most of my Instagram is a lot of my pictures of me and my paintings that I've painted. Painted. But um, I was, I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't um, been active on it recently. Like, I've been working on um, a few things, but I haven't uh, recorded.
0: Mm. Uh, Do you have anything on your YouTube channel for people to check out?
1: Oh, no. I I did something when I was, like, 15 years old. I think I did a cover of um, Beyonce's Ego, Mm. but uh yeah i don't think
0: you're not comfortable with that just yet no give no give it time give it
1: time um actually i'm really just i need um a good space with a uh, good sound to actually like record with like sound and, mm. and lighting to actually like record actual videos instead of just um because i have yeah i have vocals on my computer i have a lot mm-hmm. of covers that i did just vocals, but I'm like, if I want to put myself out there, I want to start making videos, and you know, right? Because I I like I also like discussions and stuff like that too. Like I like to uh, touch on like the tough cheese subjects that people don't want to mm-hmm. talk about. Um, um, like <laughs> I went live and I went uh, on both sides of the Black Lives Matter issue and how some people use the Black Lives Matter issue like in the wrong way. And that's where people take... Um, actually, I wrote a speech on it too and ended up getting a really good grade on it. How people take it and the, all the, the evil stuff that's connected to it that's really actually not connected to it. Right. They just associate their self with them even though they're not really with them. Mm-hmm. so um, I went live on Facebook and actually talked about both sides, and people were like, oh, you're like a sellout because, like, you're taking their side. I'm like, no, you just have to see the see it from both points of view. Like, right.
0: There's, there's there's not just one side. There's exactly. not just one right side. Exactly. You know, it's actually both sides, and, like, you may not like
1: what, one yeah. side or the other, but exactly. it's still going to be there. Exactly.
0: That's not bad at all. Now, with that, Nia, anything you'd like to say to people just listening to you right now? Any, any any words for them before we sign off?
1: Um, I would like to say, since we touched on the subject a little bit, um, as you know, like we're both from Chicago and stuff like that, but um, lately, um, the violence in the city is like bad. And, um, it's sad because you see people that you grew up with, that you went to elementary school with, and you go online and they're like, oh, R.I.P. this person, oh, that person got shot, oh, uh, a five-year-old got, you know, it's, and it's, it's getting out of hand. And now we are the people that we looked up to when we were younger, you know, so I feel like, um. It starts with us, the, the younger, older generation. To, to actually, if you could help somebody or mentor somebody in a situation to where they could, uh, these young kids, I, I'm, it's hard for me to say young kids because I'm still young myself. Yeah. But as far as like the younger generation is like under us and like the teenagers and stuff like that, they don't have any guidance they don't have any programs that we had they didn't have any like safe shelters or anything so like it's people on the street that's telling them hey look i got your back if something happened you know just come get me and we'll handle the situation you know right. and that's that's not how it should go i just feel like That's why I want to put myself in a position to where, like, if I worked for myself, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have to worry about misrepresenting another company or something like that who don't have those views. I can speak on it and I can act on it in a way that I want to without any strings or any limitations to it. But because I eventually want to move back home, it's just, it's bad. And, And
0: it's, I mean, you know, it's pretty sad. You have to wait. Mm-hmm. until there's a right time to move you shouldn't have yeah,
1: to exactly or, or wait till like you can move to a, a certain neighborhood or a certain area where you know like crime is a little lower mm. in this area then you know it just it, it doesn't make sense i went home and it just seemed like the sun didn't even shine on the city you know maybe because it rained a few days while i was there but <laughs> You know. it's, the,
0: it's it's the mood, mm-hmm. it's the mood, it's the vibe, mm-hmm. it's a lot of different factors, you know, that sadly enough makes certain areas just, you know, you know not, not very safe, not very comfortable to go into.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's something we definitely have to take care of, you mm-hmm. know, as the years goes on and it starts with the parents.
1: Yeah, it does start with the parents and sometimes, like the parents can't be with the child 24-7, you can't go with Aaron to school. You don't know what he's being exposed to at school. Of you course. just have to trust that he has people there that's doing what they're supposed to do, you know? The right. parents could be doing all they can, but, like, when you're seeing, you are send your baby out, you know, you just got to trust that it's people out here that are good enough to say, hey... You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, back then our neighbors could whoop us, you know what I'm yeah. saying? If, if Miss Johnson seen us acting up in the stove down the street, she was going to take us to her house, whoop us, and then send us home to get another whooping. You know, it's not like that anymore.
0: Exactly. We we know don't have that guidance anymore. Yeah. You know, we, we can teach our kids, you know, and uh-huh. we can give them, you know, the right knowledge and the right... Uh, we, we can we can instill common sense into them to mm-hmm. where they can make the right decisions. Right, but there are, unfortunately there are people out there mm-hmm. that don't have the same common sense mm-hmm. that our kids exactly. do. Exactly,
1: and it's the other influences. And if you're sending your kid out there, you're teaching your kid the common sense and stuff like that. But the greater the majority don't have the same common sense, so it's human nature to just. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I'm a chameleon. I could put myself in, I can thrive in any situation. That's what these young kids do too, mm-hmm. you know? Like like Aaron wanted those Jordans, you know? Like next year it might be like a Adidas phase, yeah. you know? Because like all the kids have them, you know? So it's not like you could tell him, look, you don't need Jordans. You could tell him that a thousand times. That's not mm-hmm. going to stop him from wanting them because when he goes out, and he sees the other people, you know, it's yes. kind of, it's kind of like that. But instead of like just the fad for like shoes, it's way more dangerous. It's like exactly. they're going out and they see these kids that's their age. They're selling drugs and doing this and they're making so much money. So it's yeah. like, oh, I could, I could not go to school and make just as much money as if you went to school and got a degree, you know what I'm saying. But I'm making this right now. It's fast. Exactly. You know, and they,
0: of course, they're too busy thinking about the now and not. versus thinking about maybe 15 years later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, that's something else. We could have a whole <laughs> other show <on laughs> yes. A whole other show. Yes. But I would like to thank you, Nia, yeah, for taking the time and coming to talk. No problem. Because we don't have a whole lot of people to talk yes. nowadays about life and about good things.
1: Right. Definitely.
0: It's easier to talk about the bad stuff yes. versus focusing on the good stuff. And that's what the show is all about: talking about the good stuff, yes. talking about people's lives. And would you like to come back and do this again?
1: Yes, this was actually fun. I had it, I had it fun. I enjoyed this, actually. I'm gonna ask my best friend. I would love to do this with him. He's gonna be here in August. Haha! If oh. this is going on Facebook, he's gonna hear it. Like he's going will be like, ah. Oh.
0: You can send him a shout out. You can send him a shout out right now if you like. It. Um, I don't no.
1: mind. <laughs> no, I'll just wait.
0: <laughs> oh, if he
1: listens to, him, he's gonna be like, "Oh, you may want to shout me out, huh?" <laughs> uh,
0: any closing words for our listeners?
1: Um. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for having me, and um, I hope you guys enjoy it.
0: Okay, well, once again, I do appreciate having you in. Yeah, thank you for having me. And with that, folks, once again, we'd like to thank Nia Walker for coming in and seeing us. And be sure, once again, to like, subscribe, and comment on this show. And, of course, once again, we're still on the lookout for uh, co-hosts. Yeah. Like I can't do this whole boring thing by myself. Let me know what you think, folks. And once again, when life gives you lemonades, you say screw it because I like my lemonade sweet. Now, granted, if you're diabetic, and probably not. And when all else fails, always, 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 pet a fox, folks. That is how we roll. Take care now. Ah.